Good morning, everyone. My name's David. Really good to be here with you and uh, add my welcome to Rogers. Uh, also, welcome to those joining us on the live stream where you can feel a part of what's going on here as you're watching at home. Um, but as you know, we're in Luke, uh, second week in Luke. How good is this? Uh, and I want to tell you something about myself as we begin today. Uh, you might not know this, but I'm one of four children and uh, I'm the second eldest. So read into that what you will. Uh, any second eldest here? Any other second eldest? Okay, yep. You know what it's like. Okay, good. Uh, now, when there was only three of us, so three, three kids, uh, I had an older sister and a younger sister. So I was the, the boy in the middle. And it was then my parents announced, we're having another baby. Now, what does an eight-year-old boy with two sisters want this baby to be? <laughs> All right? Come on. Um, my parents didn't tell us what they were having, um, but the day the baby was due was a school day, and they said, when you come home from school, you'll know what this baby is. Uh, we'll even put a balloon out the front on the letterbox that will tell you, so you can see as you're coming home. And so uh, I went to school that day. I could not wait to leave school, just like any other day, really. But this day especially, could not wait to leave. The bell went. I, I ran, I legged it out of school, about 100 metres down to the house. And as I was coming down the street, I saw the balloon. Blue. <laughs> I, I was just so happy. Uh, I can't remember if I collapsed or if I just cried or jumped for joy. But I just remember I was just being, I was just super happy. I was having a brother, um, great brother. Um, but that's, the reason I'm telling the story is because that's how we respond to good news, isn't it? We, we have joy. Uh, they just go together. The good news causes the joy. And so the beginning of Luke is all about good news, and this is good news that causes great joy for all people, the birth of Jesus. And I wonder, as we read Luke, as you read the Gospels, do you think about it as good news? Is that what comes into your mind? This is good news. And then if it is, do you respond with great joy over the good news? Now, it's not easy. You might not have responded with great joy as you read this morning. Uh, because these stories can be quite familiar, especially if you've been around church for a while. We, as Roger said, we hear these stories every Christmas, every year. And sadly, one of the sad things is that that familiarity with it can actually make us cold to the wonder of this news and the joy of it. And that's true even for people who are not part of uh, a church and don't hear it every year. Um, they know this story. I think about the little baby Jesus down in the Lennox Centre every Christmas. You know, you know what I'm talking about? Little little box with the baby Jesus. People know the story, uh, but as they think about it, it's not good news. It's just it's just like a fairy tale. It just it means as much as Cinderella to them. It's just it's just nothing. But what does the angel say to the shepherds when Jesus is born? He says, "I bring you good news that will cause great joy for all people." So that's what we're looking at today. That's the outline. Good news, great joy for all people. So remember Luke, uh, this, this Gospel of Luke. Luke is writing this ordered account of Jesus' life, uh, things that he's carefully investigated from the beginning. And here's the beginning, the birth of Jesus. Here's where it all starts. And his purpose in, in telling us this is not just to tell us what happened, but to tell us what it means. Right, and so Luke wants us to be certain Jesus' birth is good news, great joy 
for all people. Right, so we're looking at chapter 1 and 2 this week, uh, just parts of it, uh, and it's about the story of Jesus' birth and John's birth as well. We'll focus on Jesus this week, and then we'll look at John next week as we continue in chapter 1 and 2. So if you've got your Bibles, open to Luke 1, verse 26. We'll be starting there uh, with the good news. So Luke 1, 26. In the sixth month of Elizabeth's pregnancy, God sent the angel Gabriel to Nazareth, a town in Galilee, to a virgin pledged to be married to a man named Joseph, a descendant of David. The virgin's name was Mary. I just want you to notice there uh, that Luke points out that Joseph is a descendant of David. And you would have seen that in chapter 2 as well. And that's really important because if we come to the beginning of Luke's gospel, we must remember this is not the beginning of God's activity in the world. Right? As we come to Luke's gospel, think about it more like it's like the last episode in a series of shows that you love where all the storylines have, have been weaving together throughout the series and they come to a climax in the final episode. Right, the beginning of the gospel is like that climax. Right? Jesus comes on the back of thousands of years of storylines in the Old Testament. Right? And God's people are waiting for God to fulfill his promises to them. And the promises have been focused in, you know, from Abraham through to King David. And so God's people are actually waiting for this king to come. Right, they're waiting for a king to come who would redeem Israel, who will establish God's kingdom, uh, and it will be glorious. All right, and, and you might know the key passage that talks about that promise of God uh, for a king uh, in 2 Samuel 7. We did that a little while ago in church. If you haven't read 2 Samuel 7, go home and read it this afternoon. Um, because what you can see here, as, as the angel comes and gives this announcement to Mary, you can see a lot of parallels with what God promises David in 2 Samuel 7. Right, I'm going to highlight that as we go through um, this announcement to Mary. So verse 31, uh, the, the angel Gabriel comes to Mary and he says, you will conceive and give birth to a son and you are to call him Jesus. And then the first thing he says about Jesus is, he will be great, verse 32. Right, and that echoes the promise that God made to David, which is, I will make your name great, like the names of the greatest men on earth. Then the angel goes on and says, he will be called the son of the most high or the, the son of God, right? which fulfills God's promise to David in 2 Samuel 7, 14, I will be his father and he will be my son. The angel continues, the Lord will give him the throne of his father, David. 2 Samuel seven twelve. I will raise up your offspring to succeed you, your own flesh and blood, and I will establish his kingdom. And then finally, uh, the angel says, he will reign over Jacob's descendants, uh, which is Israel. He will reign over Israel forever. His kingdom will never end. And then 2 Samuel 7, 16, your house and your kingdom will endure before, uh, forever before me. Your throne will be established forever. So you can see there, um, Jesus is kind of like uh, Aragon from Lord of the Rings, right? He is this rightful heir to the throne. He is the one that people have been waiting for. Okay, and, and that's why this is such good news that Gabriel brings to Mary. Because what he's saying is a great king is about to be born who will reign forever and his kingdom will never end. 
This is good news that comes to Mary. Could you imagine how she would, how she would be feeling, like hearing this? Like I know, I know parents often think their kids are just the greatest. Like have you seen my kid? They're just, they're just the greatest. But Mary could actually say that and it'd be true. Say my kid is the greatest. The angel told me. Um, but of course, that's not all she's thinking. She, she's, she's wondering, how can I have a baby? I'm a virgin. Really good question. Uh, a question a lot of people have. Gabriel has the answer for us. Verse 35. So Gabriel says to her, the Holy Spirit will come on you and the power of the Most High will overshadow you so the Holy One to be born will be called the Son of God. So in other words, the answer is God's going to make this happen. Okay, and that language that he uses is kind of like the language in Genesis 1 or it's the image from Genesis 1 where the the Spirit is hovering over the waters in Genesis 1 uh, with God's creative power to create all things. And here the angel says, that God the Holy Spirit will come near to Mary. The power of God will overshadow her. And so this child is going to be created by the power of God. That's an amazing thing. God is going to locate himself, his glory, in the womb of Mary, in the person of Jesus. So he's going to be called the Son of God. So this news that comes to Mary, not just good news, this is great news. This is the best news that we could hear, that our world could ever hear. And this is good news. What should it do to a person? Well, it should cause great joy. Good news causes great joy. And isn't that what we see in the first two chapters of Luke, if you've read through them? It reminds me of like a Disney musical, these first few chapters. Right? There's always someone breaking into song. I just want to get on with the movie, right? I just want to keep going. But there's someone singing. It's like, come on, let's go. Right, so we've got Mary singing, we've got Zechariah singing, we've got the angels that sing, we've got Simeon that sings later. So like, why all this singing? Because right, good news causes great joy. Singing is an expression of great joy. Right, so we see this, we're going to look at chapter 2 to have a look at this. So chapter 2, the night that Jesus is born, uh, the shepherds are visited by angels. And they say to them, do not be afraid. I bring you good news that will cause great joy for all the people. Today in the town of David, a saviour has been born to you. He is the Messiah, the Lord. Right, so good news again comes to the shepherds. A saviour has been born. Now just an interesting note, uh, a saviour, that word, the saviour. At at this time in history, the Roman Caesars like to call themselves the saviour. Right, the one who would bring peace and prosperity and hope to the Roman Empire. But what we have here is, is a saviour, but it's God's saviour. So this is one who's going to bring peace and hope to the world. So this is a great saviour, and this is the message they get. So they, they go and see the baby, just as they are told. Uh, but then what happens after they've uh, seen all this and seen the baby? Well, they leave the manger... And in verse 20 we read, they leave glorifying and praising God for all the things they had heard and seen, which were just as they had been told. So I I think about these guys leaving that manger that night and it kind of makes me think about, it's like people leaving like a great sporting event and they just want to talk to each other about how great was that, how fantastic was that. Uh, It reminded me of a time me and Sammy went to the the 2015 NRL Grand Final, uh, Cowboys-Broncos, epic game. 
Um, a try was scored in the last minute to tie the game. Jonathan Thurston lines up a conversion after the Hooter to win the game. And there's 80,000 people there. It's just falling silent as he comes in to take the kick. And the ball curls as it does toward the posts. And it hits the post and misses. And obviously he was a bit disappointed with that, as you can see there. But everyone who was there, like just, we still talk, me and Sammy still talk about it, as you can see. We, we still love to talk about the moment because it was so, so fantastic and fun. Then you think about what have these shepherds heard and seen? Right? They have had good news of God's saviour. They have seen an army of angels singing praise to God. They've seen the baby in the manger, as they were told. And in their joy, they're leaving the stadium. They can't stop praising. They can't stop glorifying God. They can't stop talking about him and telling other people. And they are amazed when they hear about it. Right? And that's the kind of joy that comes from this good news. Right? We see this repeatedly throughout these opening chapters because great joy is the fitting response to the good news of Jesus. And it's not just, it's good to think about this, why does it cause great joy? Well, it's not just because of who Jesus is. Uh, he is great joy. But it's also because of who he is for us. Right? What is, you probably didn't see this, but what, are, what do the angels say to the shepherds? They say, a saviour has been born to you. A saviour has been born to you. Like, so, so shepherds, this is your saviour. Right? And he's not just a saviour for the shepherds. Right? He is a saviour for all people. Right? This, is, this is our saviour. He is a saviour for all people. So final point here. Uh, so we see that when the angels, in, in 2 verse 10, they say, I bring you good news that will cause great joy for all people. And so what is, what is this all people? What is it talking about? Well, definitely talking about everyone in the world. So this is good news for all people in the world, not just Israel, but Gentiles too, so everyone else. So when Simeon gets to sing his song a bit later, uh, he says this, which tells us that. Uh, he, when he holds Jesus, he says, For my eyes have seen your salvation, which you have prepared in the sight of all nations, a light for revelation to the Gentiles, and glory for your people Israel. So uh, all people means everyone in the world. Uh, but it also means all kinds of people. Right? So even the kind of people you would not expect God to come and save. Right? People like Mary. Right? The first century society was very hierarchical. So it was very ranked and ordered according to your, your birth, uh, your status. And so you actually couldn't get much lower on the rungs of society than Mary. Right? Mary was a, a young, unmarried um, girl. Right? But God chose to bless her by making her the mother of Jesus. Okay, and then what about the shepherds? Again, this is actually a very low rung in society if you're a shepherd. Right? Someone who is probably uneducated, uh, a bit uncivilised, hanging out with the sheep all the time. Uh, really kind of unclean as well, but really unimportant in the eyes of the world, the shepherds. Right? But not to God. God chose to make known to them when his son was born and to announce to them the saviour had been born. Right? So this is, this is really good news for us. 
really good news. doesn't matter who you are. doesn't matter what you have done, whether you're a male or female, young or old, rich or poor, right, whether you've been in church for a long time or whether this is your first day here, right, Jesus is the saviour born to you. And we all need this saviour. We all need a saviour because we are all lost in sin. Each of us has rejected the rule of God and rebelled against him. And what we deserve is is his wrath, uh, his judgment, uh, a death and a separation from him that is eternal. All people are like on on this rushing river of life, heading toward a waterfall. And that is God's judgment we're heading toward. But what Jesus does, this is why it's such good news of great joy for all people, because Jesus rescues us from sin and from death and from God's judgment. He is the saviour that we need. He is the saviour of all people. And so this is what Luke wants us to see in the beginning of this gospel, that this promised king, the the king of God's eternal kingdom, has been born. He's the son of God. He's the saviour of the world. Good news, great joy, all people. Now, just three questions then to think about as we finish up here, um, as we reflect upon this for ourselves. The, The first one is, is this good news for you? Do you think about this as good news? Right When you hear the gospel, is that what comes into your mind? Uh, the tagline that we have for Christianity Explored, which is coming up, we'll hear about later, is what's the best news you've ever heard? Right, we ask people that, what's the best news you've ever heard? Because we want them to realise that the gospel is the best news that you could ever hear. Right, Jesus coming, dying for our sin, rising again as Lord... That is the greatest thing that has ever happened in the history of the world. So we love to talk about that with people. And we ask them, what is the best news you've ever heard? Because this is it. But is that what you think? I hope you do. Because I know a lot of people do not think about the gospel as good news. It's just something that kind of just happened a long time ago. It doesn't have heaps of relevance to life today. We need to realise it absolutely does. It is still the best news people could ever hear. And so then if you're thinking, yeah, well, yes, the gospel, I agree, it is the best news that you could ever hear, I feel that way, are you responding to it with joy? Question two, are you responding with joy? Because Luke has shown us how to respond. We've seen everyone here in, in this gospel so far bursting into the praise of God when they hear this news. And then you think about this. uh, What did they know about Jesus? Not heaps. We know so much more than they know about who Jesus is, what he has done, who he is today, who he promises to be, all that stuff. We know so much more. Does that not mean we should rejoice so much more? Because we are actually people this side of the cross who are certain that Jesus has done what he came to do. He he brings forgiveness. He brings eternal life to all who believe in him. We can be sure of that. That is a cause for great joy. And so then what if you're thinking, well, I'm I'm someone who knows good news, but I I don't sort of feel that kind of joy you're talking about. What what do we do? I'm not saying that we burst into song all the time. Okay, It's just not going to be practical uh, for our lives. 
Uh, but I am saying that knowing Jesus, knowing his salvation, should cause some degree of joy in your heart of those who believe. And so what can you do if, if to, to foster this and grow this and, and, and enjoy this? Well, one thing we can do is just slow ourselves down a bit, right? Not be, not be in such a hurry just to get on with things, okay? But to, to stop, to pause, to slow down, uh, meditate upon the word of God with prayer, right? So things you can do is just, just to think about what God has done for us through the Lord Jesus Christ, right? And then read about the certainty of salvation, uh, that we have in Jesus. Even give yourself time just to dream about the pleasures that God promises us in his eternal kingdom that will be ours. Right? Give, give all that stuff, just give it time to well up in your heart that you might overflow with praise to God. Give yourself that time to do that. Um, I like to go on prayer walks in the morning. I, go, I walk my dog and I pray. And as I was prepping this sermon, I was thinking about this, and I just walked along thinking, good news, great joy for all people. And just that was enough to just to, just to enjoy uh, the gospel of God. So you can do that as well. Okay, finally, uh, do you believe then that this is good news for all people? Do you believe this is good news for all people? All right, so we should, we should really think, yeah, the gospel is good news for everyone, like everyone I know. There's not a person you meet that does not need saving. There's not a person you meet whose life would not be better with Jesus in their life. Right? Your, your household, your neighbours, your family, right? person who makes you coffee, uh, that Muslim friend who is at school. Right? Everyone that you meet needs Jesus as their saviour. And the wonderful thing is that you can say to them, Jesus is your saviour too. You can share that good news. You can share that joy that you have with them. So it might be their joy as well. All right, so this is, this is why we live the way that we live. Because we have this good news. We have great joy. We know it's for all people. That's why we live the way we do as Christians. Right? Because we are certain of this good news. We're certain of the joy it brings. Uh, and we're certain that all people need this for themselves. Let's pray now. Let's praise God and ask him to, to transform us as we've heard this word. Let's pray. Heavenly Father, we thank you so much for this good news. Uh, and Lord, we are sorry uh, when it lands upon us and our hearts are often cold to it and we don't wonder uh, and we don't glorify you and praise you as we should. Uh, Lord, forgive us. But Lord, also help us to, to see the wonder and the joy and the glory of the Lord Jesus Christ, uh, who came to our world to seek and save the lost. Father, I pray that you would transform our hearts as we hear you speak, uh, that we might feel that joy, uh, that we might enjoy you and your salvation that comes through Christ and that you might open our lips to declare your praise, that we might share it with others as well, uh, as you are their saviour, just like you are ours. And Father, we pray these things uh, in the name of Jesus and for his sake. Amen. Amen.